When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hello, Scott. We are in the thick of it, my friend. The thick of what? Well, I'm glad you asked. The thick of (laughs) Shark Week. (laughs) Yes, we are. You're right. You know what? I love Shark Week. I really do. I've, I've been a fan of it for like 20 years. We've already talked about this. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned I, this. I love Shark Week. I truly do. And you know what? I, I believe you. I really enjoy it as well. When I was a kid, I didn't have uh, the luxury of, of watching uh, Shark Week. Um, and so I didn't really didn't really know that much about sharks. And so for a while, for, for probably a good solid two summers, I was just terrified of beaches. I had no idea. I knew no there kidding. was something, beaches, sharks, yeah. Really? Yep. Oh. Hmm. I still find myself, you know, beyond, uh, I don't know, waist level in, mm-hmm. in the ocean, I find myself looking around, you know, at a, at a distance from me for that, uh, that, that shape coming towards me. Yeah, but that's the thing about sharks, man. Even if, you know, I feel as though... Uh, Shark Week is just giving us an excuse to kind of fanboy out over over sharks because even though they are predators, they're they're so well designed, man. Yeah. They're they're really really oh god, you know, they're, they're I, I, efficient. Yeah, yeah. I told myself I was going to be articulate, but <laughs> the best I can think of is they're really cool. Yeah, they are. I know they're, it's kind of lame. No, but. no, that's not lame. They are. They're they're just super efficient mm-hmm. machines, really. They're they're, yeah. they're awesome. They have dead eyes, and that's kind of creepy. But you know, other <laughs> Did you get that from Jaws. Jaws, dead uh, eyes. <laughs> Maybe. I actually got that from uh, seeing the whale shark when I went to the aquarium here in Atlanta. Have you ever been there? I have. Those are impressive fish. I'll tell you that they're they're the size of a bus. Yeah, they're huge. They're enormous. They're, impressive. they're very impressive. I, mm. I, I could stare at those things forever. And they only come by once in a while, it seems like, when you're, mm. you're standing in that clear tube looking up. You know, but you're, uh, every time they come over, I'm excited by them. And one thing that we can, we can draw, uh, I guess, a parallel to, I, I was trying to think of things in, in the automobile world or in the vehicular world 
that are kind of like sharks in just just in the coolness factor. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, the first thing you think of concept cars, right? Sure. Yep. And then what's cooler than a concept car? Nothing. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, go ahead. There wasn't even a dramatic pause. I, I, yeah, yeah. I would say maybe Maybe we'll see if you go with me uh -huh. on on this this crazy journey that mm -hmm. becomes a conversation. Maybe a concept hovercraft that is pretty cool. And there is one. And what do you know? It's named the Audi Shark Concept. The stars are aligned. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah it's funny how that worked <laughs> out for us like that, right? Anyways, it's, it was good news for us because um, we do want to talk about sharks this week and cars. Which mm -hmm. is uh, I don't know. Kind of fun. I've been having a good time with this. So this is cool. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, there's a there's an Audi Shark Concept vehicle, which is I'll call it a vehicle. It's a it's a hovercraft, mm. and it's really really cool design. You've seen this, right? Yes, and it looks like it, it looks like it's from science fiction films. Honestly, it's it's a very very unique looking vehicle. It in my does, opinion. and right now it's just you know it's on paper or you know electronic electronic yeah. rendering. You know, it's 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 not reality, mm. um, but. It's an interesting idea, and it may be where someone, you know, mm. somewhere that, you know, the Audi may want to go. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's even possible or not. But uh, interesting design again. It was designed by a 26-year-old uh, who lives in Turkey. Yes. And he actually won a contest. This is his third design uh, winning entry, I guess. He's he's uh, designed other vehicles for Peugeot and another one that he designed. It was a doorless, um, a no-doored concept called the Ka Design. And um, again, another another prize winner. So he's he's 26 years old. He's won three automotive design prizes already, and this one from Audi is uh, it's it's a big one. This is a big international competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess he got a, a scholarship, a 70% uh, scholarship to the Domus Academy, which is in Milan, I believe. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, he says that even with the 70%, he just can't afford the other 30%, and he's going to have to turn down. Uh, this opportunity for uh, a master's program in automotive design, which is sad because here you've got someone who's clearly talented in, in this field, and he just doesn't have the ability to get you know to where he needs to be to to make it happen. So yeah, I don't it's know. a shame. I yeah, read about that. Do we have his name on there? Uh, yeah, his name is. <laughs> yeah, and now no, where this is, yeah. See, I knew you're going to do I'm this sorry. to me. I, do you I want gotta, me to do it? No, you could, yeah. you could try if you want. But I'll, I'll try after you. Kazim Doku. Kazim Doku. Yeah. Kazim Doku. K-A-Z-I-M-D-O-K-U is his name. Okay. And uh, he lives in Turkey. Good. I think that's close. Yeah. 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 And so, forgive me if I'm wrong, but... You know. Yeah, Kazim, we're sorry if we're wrong, but please, please forgive us because, man, we like this concept so much that, that we're, we're on air plugging it. I would just say to any of our listeners there who feel like funding... Uh, 30% of someone's education in Milan. <laughs> this guy might be your top pick. Oh, man. That's a, that's, yeah, that's a good idea because this guy, he's got something happening here. I'll tell you that. The, mm -hmm. the car is interesting. or um, The hovercraft is the interesting. Hover, you should yeah. check that out, really. Um, serious, seriously different than a car, though. I mean, I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm gonna, I'm, we didn't talk about this beforehand, okay. but the seating in this vehicle looks especially comfortable to me. Mm. Um, it looks like... Um, You've got your legs raised in front of you almost. Uh, you're reclined. For it's the a most lazy part. boy. Oh, it looks, <laughs> it looks really, really comfortable. I, I wish we could have a car that would have seating like that. That you know, something that right now you could drive or get in and drive. I feel like we would fall asleep. M maybe it maybe. looks it, it, supremely comfortable. I'll yeah, tell you that. it really does. So check it out. But there's a lot of really interesting things happening. LED lights. Um, it's got this uh, kind of a cockpit canopy opening mm -hmm. door. Um, it's hinged at the 
front, I think, so it opens at the back. Mm -hmm. um, and just interesting. It's really, really cool. It's got this big airfoil in the back. It uh, looks like a fin back there. It must be for stability. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But it's interesting design. You should check it out. And there's even a, um, a rendering of this thing that, um, a computer graphic that, you know, shows you a little bit of motion, this thing moving around a bit. Mm. Um, it's fascinating. But we, we can't really have people uh, going to, to check this out on the Internet um, without knowing what it is because we've been throwing around the term hovercraft. We haven't really been exploring what a hovercraft is and how it works, right? Yeah, that's right. We can do that, I guess, fairly simply, really. Um, hovercraft have been around for a while. Um, they're not, I don't know the, the exact date of the first hovercraft or anything like that, but um, they are in use. Um, you can buy a small hovercraft for yourself, a, a personal hovercraft, I guess. These were popular. I, I lived in Michigan near the, a lot of the little lakes, mm -hmm. and I, I wouldn't say wildly popular, but there were a few around. Um, kind of things where you'd have maybe a bench seat in the middle mm -hmm. and two people would sit you know one in front of the other one with a, a i think it was like a handlebar control yeah. and um they have the big fan on the back it really yeah it did and yeah. the the uh the rubber skirt that went around the bottom but what made them popular up there was because it was going from smooth ground to smooth ground really it was going you could go from ground to water or ice mm -hmm. and it had no problem you could go from one to the, to the next and, and of course being near a small lake that it's would perfect, be beneficial, yeah. yeah. Now, you couldn't stop in the middle and float like a boat, I don't think. Um, I believe you had to keep moving once you're out on the lake. Not uh, that not that it wouldn't, but um, it was just kind of a fun thing to, to tool around in, you know. And um, I know I saw several of them up there. Um, interesting vehicle, though. So we should, we should, I guess maybe we should talk about how they, yeah. how they operate. Because, What's going on there? Well, they're real simple. There's, there's not much to them. There's a body. Uh, you know, it could be whatever material, plastic, metal, whatever. Uh, probably plastic for weight at this mm -hmm. point. Um there's an engine which drives a fan, which is used for thrust mm. at the back. It's kind of like um, you know those big airboats that you see with the big fan at the back. Yes. Similar, maybe a little bit smaller. Uh, depends on the size of the boat, I guess. But um, the one I'm thinking of had a smaller, smaller fan. Um, and the engine also drives. Um, well, actually, it brings in brings in air into the fan. The fan creates not only thrust air, but it also creates lift air, which is pushed underneath the vehicle. Um, and then held in place by this this plenum or this um, uh, skirting material, mm -hmm. and I've I've heard this described as as cloth material, but it looks like rubber. It looks like heavy heavy rubber. It always looked like rubber to me. Yeah, they said it's cloth. I've read other places where huh. they say it's cloth, um, but again, that that engine is driving a fan, which then creates thrust air and lift air. And lift air, of course, keeps the vehicle up, and it could be as much as you know six inches eight inches ten inches whatever depends on the size of the vehicle how much how much lift you need mm -hmm. uh they're big vehicles that carry a lot of people and materials and uh even cars heavy things like that we'll talk about later but oh, okay. um for these these small vehicles uh one engine is typically enough some have an, a separate engine just to create lift air you know with with uh separate rotors that just drive air down for lift and that's necessary when you have a lot of weight um, and again, the, then there's a steering, of course, which is usually like a handlebar control. But um, really, all you're doing is you're just reducing or, or removing that surface tension and allowing this thing to move around. And then it's the thrust that that moves you or drives you, and you steer it with uh, like a rudder control to back, like those uh, like those jet boat or fan boats that we've talked oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. And we we talked about you mentioned the personal sized ones, mm -hmm. which you know what I I can't help but think um, this is a terrible comparison. But it, it reminds me of how in some pizza joints you can get a tiny pizza that's for one person, you know, and you move up in size. So is there a uh, 
is there a medium or a large in hovercraft terminology? Or? Oh yeah, there definitely are. That's really? an interesting analogy, Pete. I'm That's glad you brought terrible pizza. Terrible analogy. I'm, I'm glad you brought pizza into this though, because I love pizza. But <laughs> thanks. That aside, uh, um, yeah, you can you can get every different size of these things. Now you can you can even get remote control hovercraft, which are really cool. I've seen a few of those. You know, digging around for yeah. uh, information on this, I uh, may or may not have spent a little bit of time watching some. Remote control vehicles, you some know, RC hovercraft, maybe, yeah, hovercraft. I, I mean, it was all, you know, I'm I'm dedicated, Ben. So sure. you know, research, you know, sure. I, I had to, I really had to watch um, several to, minutes. You had of to take one for the team. Man. RC controlled, yeah, it was interesting stuff. It's very pretty funny. Um, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. your dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the extreme end of this though, there's a there's a big hovercraft. There's several of these really. Um, you may have seen the one that crosses the, um, the English Channel. Have you? I have heard about this. Okay, they're retired now. Okay, but if you've seen them in action, they're pretty impressive. They're huge. They um, they're meant they're designed to carry 287 passengers and 37 cars at the same time. Jeez, these are big. And they cross the channel. I guess it's faster than the than the train that goes underneath the. Uh, they call it the Channel Train. Mm-hmm. And um, again, this just made the run between I think it was Dover and Calais, France, is what it said. And the speed it's pretty fast, seventy knots. Oh wow! And it can handle ten feet of water, which I believe that means ten feet of because you're not talking about depth of water, of course. That right. has no bearing it's on how, this at all. Yeah, you're talking about swells. Yeah, ten foot swells. Now that's that's pretty impressive. So it's this thing must have that. a lot of power, a lot of lift. I don't know any of the engine yeah, size yeah, information yeah. or anything like that, but that's called the Mountbatten class SRN four hovercraft, and there were two of them, and apparently they've just been retired. Man, and so, okay, I was going to ask why they didn't just use a conventional uh, sea craft of some sort, but that really makes more sense if they well, can go 70 knots. They're covering some apparently some rough water, mm. and uh, they're doing it fast. And I guess these have been replaced by um, hydrofoil boats, which are, you know, I don't know if I want to say similar or not, but they, they raise up out of the water. Mm. And, uh, again, impressive, you know marine technology but not a hovercraft what uh what on earth is preventing us from driving hovercrafts today this seems like Uh it seems like the perfect uh, wait hear me out it seems like a really a really good uh compromise um over over the the flying car issue you know there'd be enough flight for me Enough ground for you. It does, and it seems like you could have a relatively small engine. Sure. And you could get between point A and point B quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, that seems pretty logical. And and what would be cooler than to be able to cut across a lake, you know, and uh, you know, shave some time off of your oh, yeah. uh, of your commute or whatever. Definitely. Um, seems like an interesting idea, and and it's it seems like it would work. It really would. And I actually didn't know that it wouldn't work until I read, you know, this little bit about it last night. Um, uh. There, there are two main factors that are that are probably holding us back. Um, I'm sure there's more than this, but the two main ideas that I read about were um, most roads right now are crowned for drainage, and the shape of the road would just mean that the the, uh, the hovercraft would continually slide off to the side of the road, oh. uh, left or right. You would have yeah. to perfectly straddle the crown of the road, mm-hmm. or the road would be have to have to be you know, perfectly flat in order for this to work. Not perfectly, but but flat. And the way the shape of the road is right now, it just wouldn't work. And you can imagine that they don't do well on hills either because you've got a fan trying yeah. to push a lot of weight uphill. They're meant for 
flat ter- uh, flat ground, other than you know the, the ocean swells that we talked about before, because it pretty much is breaking through that. Right. Okay. Um, now the that's what makes them valuable to someone near a lake is that you know the lake is generally flat mm-hmm. um you're not talking about you know something that has you know 10 foot swells on a lake you're talking about um you know a couple little ripples here or there that's yeah. fine you may have to go over the occasional rock on the shore that's mm-hmm. fine you know boulder um depends on the size of it but for the most part you'll be able to go straight from land into the water and then back again without any difficulty so my life on the coast of salt lake city could work with a, uh, I mean, on the coast of Salt Lake in Salt Lake City, could work <laughs> pretty well, right? If yeah, I had hovercraft, of course. Yeah, that very flat. So yeah, you'd be all right. Okay, um, I feel like you might be. Bur- the, I feel like you might put the nail in the coffin. Well, no, I just I'm just mean the, uh, the the hills or the the thing that That's really the gets it down. One. Yeah, the hills. If you can't climb a hill very well. Yeah. in a hovercraft so yeah you're right you've got a, a you know little fan at the back that's pushing all that weight up the hill you can imagine that that doesn't go so well it's it's you know the the lift air is still there mm-hmm. you just don't have the thrust that you need for that and that's that comes from you know friction via the wheels and a, a, of a typical car mm-hmm. and just doesn't work out quite so well with the hovercraft and that's why uh the audi shark is such an unconventional vehicle and if it ever now let's just say uh, as we know, concept cars are pretty much a lottery mm-hmm. you know, in terms of both the payoff and the odds of, of winning and becoming production. Correct. Right? Yeah. So if this car somehow won, uh, excuse me, hovercraft, force a habit there, right? <laughs> if this hovercraft actually won the uh, the great lottery from concept to production, it would be very specialized use, huh? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, well, first... I mean, when you look at it, you realize that it doesn't have the uh, the skirting that we normally see on, on a hovercraft. It's not a normal hovercraft in that sense, um, or what we've you know become accustomed to as a normal hovercraft. So I don't know exactly how this one achieves the thrust that it does, or the the thrust and the lift. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely positive that there's not much information about the operation of this thing because it I is notice a, that yeah, it is a um, it is a concept still, and really it's just you know on paper really at this point right it's um, a good idea it is a very good idea but um as far as uh, executing that idea pretty difficult so mm-hmm. we'll see but it, it's interesting and you know I, I wish that this guy has more opportunity to uh to design oh you know, yeah in the future because it seems like he's got some pretty good ideas three three design contests three winning design yeah ideas, 26 yeah. years old yeah what am I doing with my life, man? What am I doing? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, yeah. uh, but that, yeah, that is very impressive. And I would, uh, this is a kind of guy I'd like to uh, keep tabs on yeah. and see see what contest number four is. I really hope he doesn't give up. Yeah, me too. I hope yeah. he sticks with it. So I guess that pretty much wraps up our our look at this uh, at this concept and our basic overview of how hovercrafts work. Um, We've got a little bit of a listener mail as well about an earlier episode. That's right. Yeah, so you're talking about the slot car. I am talking about the slot cars. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. Um, I got a note right here. Let me grab for it here. But um, we did get an interesting piece of mail from Andrew, and Andrew is from Asheville, North Carolina. And Andrew says, Andrew's 15, by the way. Okay. Andrew says, in the Slot Car Podcast, you asked how many track pieces it would need, you would need to go around the world. And I guess he must have figured it out because he's got a number here. He says, if you use six-inch track pieces, you would need 263,007,360 pieces of track in order to get around the world. 
263 million. Uh huh. 7,000. 7,000. 360 pieces. 360. Okay, so yeah. I'm about. I'm about two hundred sixty-three million seven thousand three hundred and fifty-four pieces short, but we're <laughs> off to a good start. That's a lot of pieces. It's, I guess, it's impressive you sent. That's that a really out, cool fact. Yeah, that is. That's that's, that's neat. So, anyways, yeah. it, I like to get mail like that. It's just simple, mm-hmm. straight to the point. He's got, uh, I don't know, he answered our question. And we, you know what, we love facts like that yeah we do and and I mean, you see we read them on air and uh andrew picked up on that so he sent in his uh, his answer yeah awesome thank you andrew do we have anything else or? no that's the only piece of reading mail i've got right now okay. but there's I've, a ton of it and mm-hmm. you know we're doing our best to get to it all so if we haven't answered you yet hang in there we'll get to you i promise let me slip one in though because i've sure. got an i've got to make an apology here oh. um tim from uh georgia wrote in uh this is my bad scott on the and he says uh the contender for the world's largest slot car set is in Discover Mills Mall rather than the Mall of Georgia. Oh. That was that was my bad, everybody. If you are driving to the Mall of Georgia right now looking for that slot car set, I apologize. Turn around. Discover Mills. Um, but thanks so much for writing in, Tim. And I guess that, that pretty much does uh, wrap it up for us today. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a listen. If you have any questions or any suggestions for an upcoming episode, please write to uh, both of us at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.